I think my biggest message is that a lot of people have expectations backwards or they have a misconception of them. I don't like coming up with problems without also coming up with a solution. Just because you're upset, it doesn't mean you get to stay there. If you want something different in your life, choose differently at that moment. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Is That So Show. Thank y'all for joining me. Y'all know I'm the host, nocturnal therapist, Harry Turner, a.k.a. so many other things. But of course, I'm not providing therapeutic advice on here. I am just the nocturnal therapist in title and in energy. And so for the Is That So show today, we have an exciting guest. He's he's very interesting. Mr. Ben Winter, he is a team building expert. He is the author of What to Expect When Having Expectations. And so I'm definitely curious about that because... You know, I have a uh, a chapter in, in my course, you know, in my coaching program called Expectations is the greatest source of, or prison, rather, excuse me, prison is filled with unmet expectations. And that goes off of my principle that expectations is the greatest source of frustration. So I'm interested to see what Mr. Winter's opinion is on that. And also, if you go to his site, his website, which I'll let him announce, but if you go to his website, You can also download how to stop being upset. And he has a nice little little chart. I see it's you're upset. Did you know you had an expectation? And a little chart like this, you know, if y'all are looking at the video. But anyway, it's a a nice little chart to explore. So I have a few questions and I'm going to bring my guest up. Without further ado, I'm going to bring Mr. Winters on. And uh, I just want to say about this team, uh, to this team building expert, about uh, expectations. I got a big is that so for him. I got a few is that so for him. So we're going to see what he has to say, y'all. All right, Mr. Ben Winters, come on in, bro. All right, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yep, yep. The crowd on this show is quite, quite lively, quite lively. So, Very enthusiastic. You, know, you got to watch out. Sure. Mr. Winters, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks. Thanks again for having me. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure, man. Thank you for being had, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) real quick, what do you have for the people? Why are you on this show, man? What is what is your message? I think my biggest message is that a lot of people have expectations backwards or they have a misconception of them. And a lot of times in the world that we live in today, everybody and nobody wants anybody to be upset about anything. They all want everybody to chill out and be calm and relax. And, you know, I think being upset is okay as long as you don't stay there and you use it for what it is, which is a point in time where you have a choice to to make a better, to make a different choice to hopefully better your life. So Is that so? I told yeah. you I was going to hit you with some is that so's today, sir. <laughs> so you said being angry is okay? It Being upset is absolutely okay. The problem that I think we have in society today is that too many people stay there. They stay upset. They continue on for days, weeks, months, years being upset about something. And they don't 
choose to look at it from a different perspective or take a step back and attempt to understand what the expectation they had that went unmet. And that's what caused them to be upset. Because if we can take that step back from being upset and say, you know, what expectation did I have? You know, you held up the flowchart. First question is, did you even know you had this expectation? And most of the time, we don't even know we had the expectation until it's going unmet. And we have that point in time of being upset. And so it's that's where I say there's a great opportunity for growth if you take that moment and say, hey, I'm upset. Maybe I can take a step back and explore this expectation I didn't even know I had and go from there. So mm. so that's kind of why I say it's it's OK to be upset as long as you use it for what it is and rather than fall victim to it, stay there. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Good, sir. So is it wrong to have expectations? It's not wrong. And it's impossible not to have expectations. The My perspective on expectations is that expectations aren't good or bad, positive or negative. They're simply a thing. And most of the time when an expectation is being met, we don't think about it as an expectation. We don't give it a second thought in general. So the only time we really un- recognize an expectation for what it is, is when it's a negative experience or we're upset by it not being met. Now, for an example, if you wake up in the morning, you expect the electricity electricity to be working. You expect Indeed. the refrigerator to be cold. Mm-hmm. You expect the water to be running. Better be. Yeah. We don't think about these as expectations. We don't even think about them because we're on autopilot and we just assume that they're going to be working. But if you wake up in the morning because your alarm clock didn't go off because the electricity was out, now you're kind of starting to notice like, hey, I expected the electricity to be on. Now I'm a little upset because I missed my alarm. I missed my meeting. I missed this. I missed that, whatever it is. Now all the food's um, ruined in the refrigerator and I've got to go buy more food. And all these reasons that we're getting upset from things that we expected to be working without a second thought. Because of that, expectations, when you say the word, has a negative connotation because that's when they're recognized is during those negative times. But, you know, it's impossible not to have expectations. And people that say, you know, just choose not to have expectations or I choose not to have expectations so I don't get disappointed, that is an expectation. So now when an expectation goes unmet, you're upset for two reasons. One, the expectation was unmet and the expectation about not having expectations went unmet. So now you're upset twice. (laughs) So... Rather than just saying, I choose not to have expectations, get rid of that one so you'll never be upset by it. And just understand, you have expectations. Some of them you just don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Touche, touche, touche. So let me give you a little pushback. Not really pushback, but I agree with what you said. But I do believe there's a there's a balance here. If you develop the skill of awareness where you can surrender expectation. Because you know that expectation is present, but you 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 acknowledge that when an expectation arises, when your awareness, when it becomes into your perception that this expectation is here, usually through pain, then you realize that you've made a skill of not having expectation, which then frees you from said expectation. And then you can have peace and understand that you must adapt to change because change is the constant. Yeah. And I think the key key there is what you said at the beginning, which is to develop awareness Mm -hmm. and all personal growth work, whether you read it from a book, whether you attend a class, whether you're 
getting a professional therapy, whatever it is, that's personal growth and that's awareness training. So until you become more aware, and even this flowchart that we're talking about, the book that I read, wrote, the book that I have written, it's all about awareness training. Because if you become aware that you have this process when you get upset and that you had an expectation, the faster you are at recognizing the expectation before it goes unmet, and then you're now on the opposite side of catching yourself before you get upset in the first place. But back to your point, that's awareness training. And so many people aren't willing to go through the process and practice of awareness training to reach that point of stopping things before they start. Everything we the, do is a practice. Yeah, everything we do is a practice and whatever we practice, we become. Exactly. And people want, they want to read a book and be magically like transformed, transformed. into something powerful. Whether you take a class or either read a book, whatever's content is given to you, you now have a responsibility to practice it on a regular basis until you've mastered it. And even then you're going to find other things to practice along the way. And mm. we as humans will never be done. We'll never be finished growing unless you choose not to grow anymore. And again, at that point, you'll be aware that you're choosing not to grow. I always say that with whenever I'm talking to somebody is that I'm not saying anything different than Tony Robbins, than Napoleon Hill, than, than all the greats that you can think of when it comes to personal growth. I'm simply saying it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And how so is your way your different? Point. Tell me how, how, tell me how your way is different. So my, my way stems from the world of improv. And when mm -hmm. I say improv, I don't mean stand up comedy, but I, I mean, like a group of people up on stage creating a scene from nothing like the show whose line is it anyway, where they're up on stage, they get suggestions from the audience and then they just go. And what's happening there is they're following a simple set of rules and those simple set of rules create this stage of freedom for the actors. And as long as they're following it, there's really nothing they can do wrong. And mm -hmm. what do we do every moment of every day of our lives? we improvise. So if, if we can understand the same rules of improv that apply to stage improv and how they also apply to life and put in that context, I'm saying it differently because it's through the lens of improv, but it's the exact same stuff that you'll hear from, you know, Eckhart Tolle's power of now. It's the same thing as focus on the present, which is an improv rule. You know, mm -hmm. being here in present and now you and I are having a conversation we're able to communicate and discuss topics. But if I was thinking about um, after this interview, I've you know, got to do laundry, you got to take the dog for a walk, and I'm thinking about everything else, you're going to ask a question and I'm going to be like, I don't know what he just said. So I'm going to make up something that may or may not fit here. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but by focusing on the present, the, the, the only, I'm going I'm to reverse something I said earlier. The only time you cannot possibly have expectations is when you're living in the present. The trick there, though, is the, the present lasts for a moment and then a moment and then a moment. So right after that moment's done, if you if you give yourself enough time to think you're going to come, your subconscious or whatever is going to come up with some expectation that it had. The knowledge present in your book and on your website. Is that about simply being in the present moment? It's more about understanding expectations as a whole. 
Because once you understand them, you're going to be able to use them to your advantage. You're going to be able to stop yourself from being upset. It, it creates that awareness training we were talking about. You know, with this flowchart was just a starting point for me because I, I kept saying when I was doing my improv training, the only reason anybody gets upset is because an expectation hasn't been met. And I'm not one to point out a problem without coming up with a solution as well. And so mm. I sat down and that's when I created this flow chart. I was like, all right. Oh, no, you're not going to just, just continue talking on past oh, that. Okay. I need you to say that statement again. You said, I about do, a problem? I don't like coming up with problems without also coming up with a solution. <laughs> we have way too many people in the world that come up with problems and nothing other than the problem. We need more people with solutions. So now, okay, I'm gonna get back on expectations. What I gotta ask you this: then. <laughs> So, what do you think about you know? Now, I don't know if you, you, hopefully, you hadn't researched my opinion on it because I want you to. I don't want my opinion to influence yours. But what do you think about the the current you know usage of the phrase "toxic people"? Most phrases that are shared on the internet, whether it's toxic people, Karens, cancel culture, whatever term is out there, it's not a complete picture of what's happening. When it comes to people that would be considered toxic, if we come from a place of compassion, we're going to understand that there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that they are scared and frightened and in pain with. And that's where compassion comes in. We have to understand they're lashing out because they don't know how else to deal with it. Should they be toxic to other people? In my opinion, absolutely not. I feel like they have a choice and that they can go and learn what's happening for them, change and grow. That is always a choice to change and grow. So, um, wait, so, so let me ask you, how can you be compassionate to them and at the same time call them toxic? Because that's not a... If somebody... If somebody say, I want to be compassionate to you, you're a toxic person, I'm not going to feel too good about that. Like, that doesn't sound too compassionate to me. I got to, well, you know. And I, I'm not saying that you would call them toxic either. I'm saying you can be compassionate and choose not to be around them because of the choices that they're making. It's more of an understanding of saying, I'm not going to get upset with this person because they're being quote unquote toxic. I'm going to step aside and say, they're going to go live their life. If they want support, I will be there to support them. But their negativity is not going to be part of my life, my circle. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. because that's my choice, I get to be mm -hmm. responsible, for, mm -hmm. responsible for the people that are in my circle. Yes. And if I don't want people who have negativity around them 24 seven and they're never willing to do anything about it, then that's that's what is. And back to awareness and awareness training. If they don't, if they're not aware that they have an issue, they're never going to do anything about it. Mm. You know, addicts won't do anything about addiction unless they admit that they have a problem. Mm. Because if they're mm. an addict and they don't think they have a problem, guess what? There's nothing you can say to prove that they are. Because that goes to another point of nobody wants to be wrong. Come on, come on. When we got to <laughs> surrender those wants, you know. So yeah. let me let me say this. So in my faith. It says, you know, choose you this day who you will serve. And for me, that that has varying understandings, that that energy, the energy of those words are fluid and, and it permeates different spaces. And so when I hear that, for me, that is the power of the now. For me, that is remaining present. 
So teach us about expectations. You said your book is about expectations. So what don't we know about expectations that we need to know other than the fact that we are not aware of the fact that we always have expectations present? So I think I've touched on a lot of it. And going back to the flowchart, if we start with the understanding that most of the time we didn't even know we had the expectation, we can use that as personal growth and learn and grow from it. Another piece is that we have to recognize when we choose not to share an expectation with somebody else. And why okay. would we not share an expectation with somebody else? And a lot of the times the answer is fear. Hmm. We, we maybe think, you know, if I share this expectation with somebody else, they're going to think I'm crazy and they're going to leave. Or they're not going to agree with it and they're going to they're going to think I'm silly or what rejection is the word. There's a fear of rejection in some form or fashion. The other piece is, and this goes to entitlement, is if I share my expectation with somebody else, I now feel that they have to follow through on it. But that's not the case. Just because you share it doesn't mean the other person's going to agree 100% with it because they have their own expectations as well. And so what needs to happen once both people have shared their expectations is to do this, it's, it's, a lost art. People don't do it anymore, but it's called communicate. You got to come together and talk and listen and communicate with one another. Because if you can communicate with one another, that creates that compassion we were talking about, that creates understanding. And you're able to come to a common ground, to a negotiation. And maybe both expectations can fully be realized without Mr. conflicting ben. with one another. Beautifully said, and I and I, I I agree. So that poses that presents another question in my mind: How can one communicate with the other when one chooses not to communicate with oneself? Well, and it does start with communicating with yourself. I do believe, though, if you if you start to recognize, "Hey, I'm upset," and you go through this process, that's the start of you communicating with yourself, because you're taking that that responsibility in hand and no longer falling victim to being upset. And the more you do that, the more you're in communication with yourself and the the less you're going to be upset, the faster you're going to move through this process. And then when you're actually approaching somebody else with your expectations and sharing them, you're coming at it from a place of responsibility as opposed to, I need you to do this because if you don't, you're a horrible person, which is not the way to do it. You say, I have needs and wants. If you're not able to provide them, please let me know. And I will let you know what that means for me. Another great Ooh. word for this is boundaries. Well, oh, that is another great word. And we can bring it up in a second. But okay. let me let me ask you this. A person can in a moment, though, expect to be able to fulfill said expectation but then you know people change their mind like they change their draws man you know so people are fickle we are fickle creatures and so when one changes their mind or realizes that they cannot meet said expectation the other person still feels you know absolutely left out let's go back to what we talked about before it's a practice nobody's going to be perfect at this so there's got to be some level of grace in there to say, mm-hmm. I know I shared my expectation. I know you agreed to it. You failed to meet that expectation. Are you aware of said fact? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my bad. I, I'm so used to doing it this way that I forgot you wanted it a different way. 
I'm going to keep practicing to do it the way that I said I would. And so patience. Patience and grace. Absolutely. Ben, can you can you define because many of us say, yeah, I just need patience. But can you define what patience is for the people? Uh, such a fun one, because that's my life lesson <laughs> that I get to keep practicing it. The way that I see patience is it really depends on the situation, but it really means taking a step back and not forcing an action to occur. Mm-hmm. The best way that I can describe it is if I send a text message to somebody and I expect them to respond quickly because they usually do. My next lesson is patience in waiting for them to respond because I've made up so many times in my life why they don't respond and never once in my entire life of texting, which is over 20 years, I've never been right about why they didn't text back when they, you know, within a minute or an hour or whatever, like Mm -hmm. days could pass and I could be so wrong as to why they didn't respond every Mm -hmm. single time. So I get to practice patience because the alternative is worry and doubt and fear. And I also get to remind myself because of the awareness training I've done, never once has that worry, doubt and fear ever come true. So help me out here, brother. What else do we need to know about expectations? Here's the the part that really sucks for most people and in hearing and understanding it. I talked about programs, the the things that we grew up with. We learn how to walk. We learn how to speak English. We learn how to use a fork and knife and spoon. We learn how life works by watching our parents, by seeing our friends, by watching TV, by going to school, all those things. So as we grow up, we have an expectation of how the world works. Now, this is not a conscious expectation. This is our subconscious saying this is how the world works. So that if you come across anything that Uh, contradicts your subconscious, there is now an internal fight within your brain that says, this isn't okay. Something's wrong. And this is where a lot of our unknown expectations come from is, wait a second. You know, you grow up in a household where you're very polite and you hold the door for people. You hold the door for somebody and they, they get upset with you for holding the door or, you know, you expect them to say thank you, but you don't realize you're expecting them to say thank you. Because you grew up your entire life opening the door for people or learning that that's what you do and having people be polite about it and saying thank you. So here you are opening the door for somebody and they say, I didn't want that. Now you're kind of thrown off because your subconscious says, well, but you're supposed to be okay with this. And your your conscious mind is saying, it's okay that they're not. And now you have this internal conflict happening. Mm. And this... Something I said earlier was that nobody wants to be wrong. Your subconscious has no bearing on right, wrong, good, or bad. Your subconscious says, this is what is, and this is what I will fight for, tooth and nail, forever. If you grow up in a household of hate, then your programming says hate is the right answer. And to prove yourself wrong takes a lot of conscious effort. And... It's frustrating because you start seeing this out in the world where people are operating on autopilot from their expectations of how they grew up. They're operating as a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old in an adult body because they haven't taken the time to have this awareness training and to practice something else. Their subconscious is simply running this program saying, 
it is what it is, and I will fight tooth and nail to make sure this is right. And when you challenge that, I'm going to fight back. I mean, just turn on the news. We got people like saying, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And nobody's getting anywhere. So if you want to really play with it, this is what your mind is doing on a day-to-day basis is your past and your programming is constantly coming up against what is now in the present. Ergo, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Again, uh, Freud called it a projected hypothesis. And the mind makes a projected hypothesis based off of experiences it's had in the past. And if all it's pulling from is information from the past and projecting it into the future, then it becomes a pretty much a permanent feedback loop. And so if you're programmed on the negative, then that's all you're spotting. Sort of kind of like you purchase your car and you love your car and all of a sudden you see everybody else driving. And it's not that more people are now driving your vehicle. It's that now you told your mind to pay attention to this because this is important to you, this particular vehicle. And now you spot it everywhere. It's about awareness. Where are you paying your attention? Wherever attention goes, energy flows. And so what you're giving energy to will continue to show up in your life. You know, and so that whatever you put out there, that's what you pull back in that that you that's what you attract you know you feel what i'm saying brother ben yeah again here we are saying the exact same thing what what's interesting about all the things that you were you're saying is that a lot of that is a subconscious action we don't even realize is playing out and that's the frustrating part when people hear it it's like what energy you put out is what you get back except they're like well i'm just putting out good happy vibes and i'm getting anger back but you grew up in a house of anger and, and hate and frustration And so your subconscious wants to find that because it doesn't want to be wrong. But here you are wanting something different. Now, here's the beauty of this situation is that the conscious mind is really, really strong. But you have to practice it until you create that new program that's bigger, stronger, louder than the old one. And that's why it takes practice. That's why you can't do it in a day. You have to create a new habit with a new voice to silence the other one. Ergo, moving from the mentally rigid to the the cognitively pliable or flexible. Absolutely. Know? And so, you know, becoming more aware and able to adjust to change and understand and letting your mind know that there's more than one ways to have peace. There's more than one path to peace. There's more than one path to happiness. There's more, more than one path to love. And that just because one path has closed off does not mean that you don't have a path that is equal in value, if not greater to you. You know, you just have to allow yourself to begin to search again. You know, that's it. You didn't have it. It's, it's not it's not about having what it is that we want, but choosing an experience. And then when we have an experience, then stepping back and deciding based off of our values, what to choose again. You know, again, we close our eyes. When we close our eyes, we go inside. We return to beingness. And it's from beingness that we didn't get guidance on what to do which is why many people will go down. Many spiritual people will pray first before operating in any space. What you, what you think about that, Ben? I love, I love how eloquent you are, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Eloquent. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you, brother. Seriously. I appreciate you, man. I, I just, I'm trying when I bring guests on, like you're, we're saying the same thing. But I, I and not but but and um, I want I desire people to understand like how that my that I'm saying the same thing as you. Yeah. I want people to understand that that we're saying it in a different way, 
but I'm saying the same thing because a lot of times people see me and miss me, you know? And so I, you bring, absolutely. I, I always go back to when I first started personal growth work, I went with a company, I did all the work and I had this mental rigidity of everybody has to do this work, this specific work. And then I started meeting people who were like way far above and beyond me in terms of how I thought, you know, maybe people were, I don't want to say better, further along in the process of awareness. We'll put it that way. And Their they had never even heard was of more expanding. Yeah. They never even heard of that program. And I'm like, oh, so there's multiple ways to get to the same place. <laughs> and I had to really let go of that and and simply surrender to the fact of, I don't care how you're growing as long as you're not falling victim to your life and you're taking responsibility. I don't care how you do it. You call it, you do it through religion. You do it through personal growth. You do it through reading books. You go to a program, listen to podcasts. I don't care how you do it. As long as you're moving forward and growing, bravo. Where's, where's the clapping? Go for it. <laughs> I'll say as, as, as long as you're moving from being this, you know, and so all of these different modes, you know, of experiencing uh, one's truth, you know, and for me, religion is an established religion. There's established religion and then there's religion. For me, the definition of, for me for religion is every thought, word, and deed. I believe all of us have our own personal religion, you know, that we, if you, if all you do is do music, then, you know, you wake up, you think about music, you do music, you go to sleep thinking about music, then your religion is music, you know? And so for me, that's what religion is. And I think we've got to get back down to that pure understanding of what religion is so we can have a, like a decent conversation about like beliefs. Cause ultimately it's about people's belief system. When you talk about right and wrong, you're talking about subjective concepts. And that's why in my practice, you know, I tell people, look, we're going to remove right and wrong from your vocabulary. We're going to start saying healthy versus unhealthy, you know, because in the state of Louisiana, which is where I'm from, you know, we some, you know, we we could drink here, you know, we some drinkers, you know, we didn't we put our our college, you know, and I'm not bragging on this, but we've been we've traveled to other cities and we put them out of liquor, you know, like they're like sitting the back up. Call the next county. These tigers are crazy. But um, but yeah, man, like seriously, drinking is a uh, is a part of the culture. Right. So if I say if I ask someone here, you know, is it wrong to drink? Say, no, I'm of legal age, you know, drink in moderation. Then I ask them, OK, is it unhealthy to drink? You see, when I add in that word, that forces in some objectivity. Mm hmm depending on what you're drinking, depending on who you are, depending on your your current health status, physical health status, you know, the, the current on your mental status. For me, liquor brings down my frequency. No matter what my physical body, what state my physical body is in, liquor brings it down. And also, I know that alcohol is a depressant. So all of these things have to be taken into consideration when you make it more objective. I think that we have to begin to speak or understand what one is, what we're saying to each other first in order to have a true dialogue. Otherwise, all we're doing is just tossing out symbols, making sounds with our mouths, you know, pretty much that's it, you know? Yeah. I've, I've actually been working on another book around perspective and the, the fights that occur in today's society about what's right and what's wrong. Most of the time they're about subjective issues. And to your point, there is no right and wrong. You know, it's like asking what's the fa what's the best pizza topping? Depends on who you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care what you put on your pizza. If it's your favorite thing and you think it's the best, then it is for you. 
I think it's something else. And that's what expanded okay. awareness is. Yeah. You know, when you when you when you begin to move, I'm sorry, but let me say this real quick because you got me excited yeah. for a second. When you begin to move to the space of understanding that multiple truths can exist and you don't have to eradicate any truth that isn't your own, now we can move into having an actual dialogue because what's right for me may not be right for Ben or right for anybody else. It's probably just right for me. So who am I to put what's right for me on Ben or anybody else? You know, I got to respect. That's why I say the pure, when you operate from the pure definition of religion, and then you operate from the space of respecting religion, that takes on a whole nother dynamic. Absolutely. And I think the key there is the, the difference between subjective and objective truths. And, and there's no right or wrong when it comes to subjective truths. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, when you really dive into this subject, it can get painful because you start to see what people think and feel and their beliefs that may or may not be, uh, well, I'm going to say for, for me, aren't right for me. And I think they're absolutely horrible, but for them, it's what they believe and it's subjective in nature because I've, I've looked every way possible to find an objective view from it. And it's not there. And it's painful to think that they, their thoughts and beliefs about certain things. I'm just like, really, I, it's painful to, to say that their truth is a truth. It's not my truth. It's their truth. It is what it is. But when we start getting to objective truths, and that's what I think needs to be focused on when it comes to, we'll just say government. If it's an objective truth, they can govern on it. If it's subjective, it, we've already lost if they're fighting over it. And that is, I think, one of our biggest issues with the society today is let's stop fighting about subjective truths. Let's start focusing on objective truths. Get on the same field, figure out the same goal, and then decide if it's true or not. We fight because we something something we're watching or seeing something that scares us. We will always fight over subjective truths as long as our reflection in the mirror scares us. Period. I mean, that's my take on it. You know, that's that's my hypothesis. And I, and I don't mean that in a diet. I'm trying to be realistic here because this is why I push my mission statement to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic, because it's in that space of authenticity that we're choosing love over fear. And in that space of choosing love or what's in, in operating from a values-based place and, and, and choosing to do what's most important to us, we begin to see how interconnected all of us are. And then your good becomes my good, you know, as opposed to I need to protect myself from you. You know, all of, you know, for the bulk of, of mental health, for the most part, our goal is to assist people in feeling safe again. Because if you feel safe, then by default, you will be your authentic self. But people don't feel safe, even though we are the safest we've ever been in the States, uh, the safest we've ever been in in humanity, I believe, uh, as as far as the technological advances and whatnot. It appears that we're the most anxious that we've ever been in human existence. And anxiety is the bodily experience of fear. Where did all this fear come from? Perspectives. Perspectives. Can't fool all of the people all of the time, but you fool the right ones and the rest will fall behind. Yeah. Ben, look, the, the, go ahead. One, I'm sorry. One last piece of that. So going back to not wanting to be wrong and the subjective truths we'll fight for, 
I truly believe that goes back to when we were all living in small, tiny villages around the planet where it was days or weeks or months to get to the next village. If you didn't believe what everybody else in that village believed, you were outcast. You were sent away, which likely meant your death. So for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, that's how humans lived. It became so ingrained in us and our physiological nature to survive. We can't be wrong. And now we're in a world today where you can cross the street and find somebody who agrees with you, even if the person right next to you does not. It's no longer a bad thing to change your mind and decide for yourself that you were wrong about something. You'll find other people that will agree with you. And yeah, it, the things that we'll fight about don't make sense anymore because it's not a life or death situation anymore. So, and brother, that's why I say risk it all on you. You know, I shoot for the stars. And if I miss, pray that I land on a cloud. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, I'm going to let you close out. I thank you so much for being on the show, man. I'm going to let you talk to the people, you know, let them know, plug plug in wherever you, wherever they can find you, you know, the website and everything like that. And I'm going to come back on and uh, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm going sure. to step off for just a second. Sure. So I'd, I'd like to leave people with something very simple, which is it's okay to be upset. Just remember that. And also remember that just because you're upset, it doesn't mean you get to stay there. If you want something different in your life, choose differently at that moment. It's a great point in time for personal growth if you recognize it for what it is. And to find out more, you can go to my website, havingexpectations.com. You can get the flowchart we've been talking about. You can download download it for free, print it out, put it on your fridge, put it at work. Uh, all the places that you typically find yourself getting upset as a nice reminder of how to move through that. And uh, yeah, havingexpectations.com. You'll find links to the books. You'll find links to social media and get in contact with me, whatever it might be. So thanks. All right, Ben. Look, again, I appreciate you, brother. For being on this show, man. Did you have a good time? I had an excellent time. And I, you are very eloquent. You, I hope you recognize that. And I don't. Your audience, <laughs> well, your audience is lucky to have your eloquence. So, really? Yeah. yeah. When I looked at the chart and it was so true for me, I, I discovered this thing, human design, right? And I was looking at my chart and it said that I have to. I have to see what other people see. I have to be a sounding board pretty much. Uh, other people are more like a sounding board, but I have to see what other people see in me because I'm intentionally designed to be oblivious to to that, those components that y'all see, that other people see. And when I look back at my life, I find it to be true. It's not only until this year when I begin to practice of self-acceptance. I, I begin to practice of self-acceptance a long time ago. But then, you know, last state of depression, bam, got my behind book. And I was like, okay, what, whatever, what do I need to develop? Because I never waste my pain. Pain is the breaking of the shell that it closes your understanding. So I'm looking, what, what understanding and understanding do I need to not feel this pain again? So self-acceptance, that's always the hardest skill for me to develop, you know? And so as I continue to move through this journey this year, I've been able to hear people more. And so that's why I'm fascinated when you say you're so eloquent because I may have heard it a thousand times before, but not so strongly as right now because I'm choosing to hear and to listen, you know? Yeah. So next step is acknowledge and say, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did I say that? Did I say thank you? 
I probably. <laughs> I'm, yeah, okay, all right. I'm gonna make sure. If I didn't, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. But yeah, man. That's yeah. Thank you for that, brother. So look, stay in touch. Definitely expectations. You and I, we can we can go one day. We can go on an expectation tour. You know, because I I have a whole lot to say about expectations. I say instead of expectations, choose hope. You know, because expectations, again, is the greatest source of frustration. If I can say I expect you to show up to my Christmas party, that has a certain implication behind it. I say, I hope you show up. Well, that means if I expect you to show up, you don't show up, I'm going to feel some type of way. But if I hope that you show up, that means it would be delightful if you showed up, but I'm not going to allow it to negatively impact my energetic beingness if you don't. Yeah. That's that's the whole process of of this awareness and re, reframing yourself so you catch it beforehand. Say maybe it's reasonable to accept him to sh- accept Chris showing up to the party, and maybe it's not reasonable. And yeah, yeah. So it's again us us saying the same thing, just slightly different way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show. Seriously, Ben Winters, y'all. Ben Winters, please go check out his website. Go check out his book, Expectations is definitely the source of the greatest source of frustration. And so any insight that you can get on that or understanding, I would uh, encourage you to do. You know, there's a whole lot of things out there, right, people? There's a lot of things that people can purchase. There's a lot of self-help, self-growth type things. Here's what you do because you provide information. Even me, my my ebook, I have an ebook right now on shadow work that's out on my website, becomingoutlier.com. But you can purchase my ebook and it will contain great information on repressed emotions and whatnot, you know, on shadow work. And that's going to constantly be updated. I put out the first version, but I'm going to release the next version in the next month, which has more quotes and more explanations and a deeper understanding of it uh, for other people. And whoever purchased it before, y'all going to get the updated version as well. Every time I update the version, anybody who purchased it, from day one, y'all will get the updated version. So it's only going to get better. Yeah, when you purchase it, this is a this is a product that will continue to grow in value. Is what I'm saying. So you can purchase a lot of information out there in the self help and self development industry, but it's not it, this information. The knowing is not enough. You know, we must do to be willing is not enough. We must apply. That's Bruce Lee. And so the understanding must convert into understanding. What you know up here in your mind must be able to travel down and move into your heart, and then you must practice that because knowledge in motion is wisdom. And until you convert that knowledge or that information that you have into wisdom, you don't gain the benefit. It's just information that you have. It's like having a fork, but never picking it up to use it, you know? And so take whatever information I'm not, you know, you can get my ebook, you can get other people's ebooks. You can, you can go to my brother's website, Ben Winter and get his book. But when you read whoever books, my sister just came out with a new book on, on, on being a bonus parent, you know, and how to navigate those, those challenges, birth from the heart. But no matter what mode you choose, make sure that you go deeper in your understanding of that, because no matter how, where you stand at on the planet, if all of us were to continuously dig, like I've said so many times before, without ending, we all reach the same core. It's not about what to know. It's about knowing enough of what it is that you think that you know, because you don't know enough of that. You got to go deeper. That's uh, why Ben did great, a great job of uh, prompting that for me because that brought me right back. We got to go deeper in our understanding to the point that we get understanding. All of us stand under certain laws and truths. How many of us are operating in and standing on these truths, though? That's the key. That, that requires your understanding to convert to the knowing and the doing application and continuing to do that. Even when you mess up, knowing that 
even when you stumble, you still stumble forward. Look, that's all I got to say. Agape people, thank y'all for listening to me, listening to my guests. This has been a great show and stay lit, stay L-I-T, living in truth, y'all. I'm out. Do you tell your time what to do or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier, becomeanoutlier.com slash about, A-B-O-U-T, to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.